Today I've got a gentleman who is from New Zealand. You're not going to guess that when you hear his accent. But I've got with me Tama Church House, who is the Vice President of EOS VC. Thank you very much for your time. It's great to be here. Thanks. Mate, um, we're not going to talk about EOS the token. I've got no interest in that right now. No offence to anybody out there who holds EOS or to EOS itself. Uh, or to Brock. Sorry, Brock. But it's more about what you guys are actually doing. So tell us a little bit about EOS VC and what its role is really. Sure, uh, so um, throughout the token sale, 2017-2018, uh, um, EOS brought in uh, just over 4 billion in revenue, uh, and a billion of that was earmarked towards uh, you know, supporting companies that are building on or using the EOSIO platform. Okay. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Um, we have a number of partner funds, uh, Galaxy, Xandra in, in the US, and a few others. Um, the main core of that asset is uh, managed by a team out of Hong Kong, uh, led by Mike Alexander, uh, and we operate really as a traditional VC. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, and we're really looking for, um, you know, looking for good companies um, who use it in way in their stack. And I mean, that's, thank you for making it nice, simple, straight and precise. We didn't have to go into too much detail on something that is quite a simple answer. So I appreciate that. Sometimes it takes a very long time. But um, what have you done so far? I mean, you know, where have you invested? It, it, have you found that there's been a theme uh, with the investments leading up to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, very much so. If I look at the last 12 months, uh, it's really been dominated by the gaming space. Um, ah, okay. So if you look at kind of our, um, you know, our partner funds and kind of the whole ecosystem, um, it's mainly been, uh, I would say, the biggest sector within blockchain, as it were, is the gaming space. Uh, and that's really driven by, you know, the NFC side of things, and we think it's a very low-hanging piece of fruit in terms of, uh, you know, the first kind of broader vertical that's going to get, you know, shifted by blockchain. Um, so that's really you know, number one. Um, the second thing we're really starting to look at now is more of the kind of supply chain, logistics. Yeah. A little bit boring, but you know what? These are existing businesses that can be upended pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what we're looking at at the moment. Um, so I was speaking to somebody in Australia not too long ago, I was speaking about um, perishables. So you know, oh. you're sending meat from say Australia to Japan, uh, it stops at port somewhere in Indonesia, all of a sudden the, you know, the freezer shuts down. Well, this end saying, no, we sent it frozen. This end saying, well, we didn't get it frozen. Who's to blame and how's it work? And there's ways around that and that's the whole, as you say, very boring, but a massive industry that could use a little bit of help there as well. So I understand that side of it. When it comes to the gaming side, do you think it's being, uh, like the blockchain um, business model is working well? Because a lot of gamers were the first into Bitcoin and crypto assets, and they're much more openly about utilizing it? Or is it just purely from a business play and the blockchain's behind the back of the business? So, I mean, if we look at the, the early iteration of, and you're absolutely right, is that, you know, um, gamers were really one of the biggest yeah. parts of the early uh, ecosystem. And you, met, you mentioned Brock, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, Brendan, the CEO of Block One as well, has a big, yeah. long history in, in gaming. Um, you know, the way we look at it is the first iteration of blockchain games were really very, very simple, right? You look at CryptoKitties, EOS yeah, Knights, whatever they are, and these are real kind of pure, outright blockchain games. They've had their time, in my opinion. I think what we're looking for now is you know, a company like um, you know, one in the portfolio called Mythical Games. Okay, that's a traditional AAA game studio. I mean, there's four ex-studio heads. I mean, these guys have produced games like Call of Duty, wow. you know, all from Activision guys. 
And so that's really 95% a traditional AAA gaming studio, but that extra 5% they're unlocking with blockchain and NFTs and the ability to own and trade your own digital assets. And that piece kind of unlocks a huge market that before we've not been able to yeah, okay. access before. So, when yeah. you say AAA, does, I mean, we talk AAA like the rating quality, of debt sort uh, of thing? Quality, yes, yeah. well, yeah, in, in, in a sense. I mean, AAA means top quality, what you expect to play on your Xbox, you know, okay. that kind of AAA, instead of, um, you know, the, the smaller dApps that we see now that maybe don't have... Fiddly type little things that are not, yeah. not a humongous, massive revenue generating, massive uses, Sorry, massive um, audiences like, as I say, Call of Duty. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, will a lot of these projects that you're investing in, and I'm asking you this because I know you've, you've got the skinny on this, you, you're in the depths of it, will they be issuing their own token to be, say, buying a, a new sword or, or a skin for the gun, that sort of thing? Is, is yeah. that sort of where it goes as well? So, it, I mean, it, that's a great question and it's a huge answer, so I'm going to try and keep it very, very It's a huge short. market too. Yes, it is. I mean. Getting to market with the ability for players to actually extract value. The whole point about blockchain and you know, digital assets is for the first time in a game, you know, you have ownership, like property. And you, when you think about it, that's you know, title, you know, proper, property rights. Yeah. When you have that, then you've got markets and then you have value. But how do you transact with value? You're gonna need fiat at some stage. And where the fiat starts and where the crypto token ends is a big, big question. There's a lot of yep. you know, anti-money laundering, KYC. I think any, any kind of game that launches in a developed market will need to consider those very, very carefully. If it's a simple, straightforward DAP, you know, that doesn't really exist in a decentralized fashion, uh, you're gonna get paid in EOS or make your money in Ethereum or whatever it is, um, there's less of an issue. But for those AAA games, yes, I mean, that KYC AML, AML thing is going to absolutely need to be considered. Yeah, it makes sense, actually. I mean, when you think about the, uh, the profiles of the player, right? I mean, that profile of the player, as it goes through the ranks, there's got to be a quality to it. There's got to be something there that's, there's ownership to it, right? Like, and I, I understand that side of it by that it's your character or it's, it's your gun or it's your sword. It, it makes sense to me. And I'm somebody who's not deeply entrenched in the technology of things, okay? I'm a trader. I'm a speculator, I'm an educator, that, that's what I do in this space. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense even it's from a layman's term. It's good that you, do, you, know, you, you say that because a lot of people just don't understand, you know, especially from traditional finance, they don't yeah. understand. They're like, why would you pay $1,000 for your character to have a Louis Vuitton bag? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, you pay that for your wife's one, so, you know, just because it's in real life, you know, it's the same things apply, the same vanities apply. So the one lasts longer. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's um, you know, and it's good that people start to understand that. Uh, and like I say, what blockchain does, it allows you to have limited edition in-game sneakers or whatever it is. Um, so you know, the, the world's absolutely shifting in that direction. It's good that you know that you can understand that. Because a lot of people can't. Thank you. Made me it's feel fun. really smart. <laughs> so what else? I mean, you've, you've been investing in the gaming space. I can't imagine that you've uh, executed all the funds yet. I can't imagine no. that there's a lot, oh, no. lot of longer term things ahead. So let's talk, let's talk 12 months from now. Uh, as the space evolves, as we see more regulation, as we saw more businesses actually bringing products to the market, rubber hitting the road, clients, users actually using mm -hmm. things that have been created 
Uh, obviously, we know a lot of markets, a lot of these projects are going to fail. 95% of businesses and startups fail anyway, so it's not too dissimilar to what we're going to see in crypto. What do you think is going to be the next thing in 12 months with the progression currently as we see it? So uh, what I'm still waiting to see is that it is for a big existing blue chip business to effectively reinvent themselves um, by you know, putting some part of their process on the blockchain. Um, and that's kind of because it does, uh, uh, you know, it has the potential to open so many doors yeah. that allows you to do things that you couldn't do before. But I've not seen enough cases of a you know a twenty twenty billion dollar logistics company or social media company or, or any major company say, look now because we've imp implemented this, we're going to get a, you know an earnings multiple that kind of skyrockets or whatever it is. I ha haven't seen that, and I think I'm hoping to see that in the next twelve months as the, the space matures. Um, and from an investment point of view, that's kind of what we're looking for as well. You know. You know, we're at a crypto conference and we're looking at blockchain companies, but you know, you know, blockchain venture goes well beyond what you would call a blockchain company. It is any company that uses blockchain at all to reinvent or you know, improve substantially any part of their business process or their stack. Um, and there's just not enough companies that, we've got to find them effectively. Uh, and that's really the, the challenge for us over the next 12 months. Um, but I'm, you know, like going back to the, the, the first point is, um, you know, I'd love to see, um, you know, an S&P 500 company come out and say, hey, we're going to do this now, and it's going to make sense, and it's going to add X amount of value to their to their market, and it becomes hot again. And then, yeah, and then people will go, yes, okay, this we is really good for good. So, do you think that maybe with the, I know, I know Libra, they're talking about a cryptocurrency, and there's been a lot of issues and blah blah blah, blah a lot of uh, a lot of talking, which I think is good for the space, to be honest. I think uh, you know any form of publicity is good. It gets people talking. People talk about crypto, they end up reading about it, and they end up on Bitcoin, and they bring them in, and then down the rabbit hole they go, which I think is a wonderful beginning to their education process in this space. Do you think maybe a lot of these larger conglomerates, these big international, multinational companies, are waiting to see what goes on with Facebook? I know that cryptocurrency and blockchain are two very different things, but do you think that they're waiting for a bit more framework around some of these things? For example, Amazon. I mean, it makes perfect sense for Amazon to issue their own cryptocurrency and offer a 15% discount on product if they were to use their own token. They can see the buying power. They can see who buys what. They can even, something like Starbucks as well. They can, they can tell you that if it's a rainy day, then this person's going to more than likely is going to spend $4 more and they're going to get lunch or whatever it may be. Do you think that they're holding back and waiting a little bit on what uh, the SEC and the global... Absolutely. Yeah, you think it's... 100%. Fun? And, you know, I, this is, you know, one example. You know, I'm speaking to one of the world's biggest uh, traditional market makers wow. and they had a small you know OTC um, crypto desk and it was profitable it was very profitable but it was a very very full small part of their overall business yeah, okay. and what I understand is they shut it down why not because it was not profitable association exactly and it was just because what if the yeah. SEC rules against it? so that puts their whole business at risk and it doesn't make sense for them. And I think that's what guides a lot of these companies is these, you know, these are the blue chips, right? They don't necessarily move very, very quickly. Um, and unless there is a massive compelling, a massively compelling use case to implement them into their, their processes, they're not going to take it. It can't be a marginal increment. And that company I talked about, 
it was a marginal you know, improvement. That's why it cut it down. So there is risk associated yeah. because, the, let's be honest, there's still not 100% transparency uh, you know, from a regulatory side. So um, there is a lot of wait and see still. Uh, and that's, I think, why a lot of these guys are you know, just holding back. Well, I mean, the risk to reward ratio needs to be considered at all times in any business, whether you're trading or whether you're running a business, right? And if that little bit of risk is making that little bit of reward, but it's putting everything else at risk, then it's a pretty simple, uh, pretty simple one exactly. to look at. Now, final question, do you think that um, because you're only invest, and I might have heard this wrong, so if I did, please do uh, correct me. You invest only in um, ecosystems, or, sorry, only in businesses building on the EOS blockchain? No, so it's, uh, so it, that it, seems to be limiting. It's, no, it could very, yeah, and then that would be very much so. Um, you know, really, the mandate is you know, companies that will touch the EOS ecosystem in some way. It could be a private chain, it could be on the main net, um, you know, it could be, you know, let's say uh, a company is building a multi asset wallet. If they support EOS, well, that fits the mandate. Okay. So you know, it's a very wide hoop that you know that, that companies have to jump through. And look, practical investors, we're not. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, surely you're going to expand, like you know. Yeah. And, and you know, and as you know, yes, this is ELSBC, um, but I'm not a maximalist. I'm a practicalist. I mean, and you know, and at the end of the day, it's companies who want to use the uh, the software as well. We're not going to just pay people to. Uh, to implement it. I mean, that's, that's no business case for that at all. Um, well, it sounds like they got the right man for the job in my eyes. Practical thinking, easy to communicate with, and it's been an absolute pleasure meeting with you. This is mine. Thank it's, you. Uh, is there anything else that you want to tell us about that you think is important before we wrap? Not really. I wish you'd asked me that before, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, it's absolute pleasure meeting you, Tom. It's an absolute pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time today. Have a fantastic day. Bye for now.